Hi, I'm Dean Anerchuk, chef of the Firehouse Grill. I'd like to invite you to experience some of my original creations and traditional favorites too. From sushi and sashimi to prawns, pasta, ribs, tenderloin, jambalaya, and more. All made with fresh ingredients, locally supplied, and starting in November, Sunday brunch. At Firehouse Grill, you'll enjoy casual dining in a high-end atmosphere. Meals that are reasonably priced, outrageously delicious, served by fantastic staff. The Firehouse Grill, 7 Victoria Avenue in downtown Nanaimo. St. Mary the Protectress Ukrainian Orthodox Parish invites you to join them for church services Saturdays at 4 p.m. and Sundays at 10 a.m. Stock up on homemade pierogies and pies and enjoy their monthly pierogi suppers. St. Mary's Ukrainian Orthodox Parish, 594 Carl's Way in Parksville. Hi, I'm Tristan Savage from Malhat, and you're listening to 101.7 FM CHLY in Nanaimo. This is where the good music lives. Stay tuned now for the next two hours for Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio with me, Pavlina, here on CHLY 101.7 FM.
Ukraine a group called Susida, which means neighbors. And that is from a CD called Hop Stop Canada that I picked up back in 2012, somewhere between Kiev and Lviv. And that song was Oy Nahori Yarmarok, uh, On the Hill at the Bazaar. Dobry den, Shanovni Radio Sukachita Vitayovas, Vsih na Radio Peredachu, Nash Holos, Radio Krinskoho, Kurinia, Jakapodistivam Sihoni, Takiki Kosni Seredes, or the Nazitoi, Dotre Nazitoi Odene, Nakvali CHLY, Oden Nul Oden Sim FM, Umisti Nanaimo. Diaku Yustorishola Perebuta is Name, Nastupnek Dvokodem, Mamo Dujatsikavi Navene, Nasionishni Pratami, Ichudovu Krinsku Musiku. Premakrofoni Pavlina i zaraz bude v studijah Oksana. Dobri den i vitaju na radios programu Naš Holos, Ukrainian Roots Radio, coming to you live from CHLY 101.7 FM in Nanaimo. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm Pavlina Demchuk-McQuarrie, Pokrinska Pavlina. I'll be your host for this first hour, and Oksana will be joining us shortly for hour two in the Ukrainian language. We've got a great show for you today in this first hour, a recipe and uh, an interview that actually was conducted back in January and I thought was um, probably apropos to listen to it again because it is timeless. It is about the um, Donetsk airport, uh, the debacle that happened there. And uh, so stay tuned for that as well. We've got our usual proverb of the week, other items of interest, and great Ukrainian music. And coming up next is Ukrainian songstress Anichka, a very popular and prolific singer-songwriter. And here she is now with a song from her CD, Dzvona Limkivshina, Bells of Lemko, and a traditional Ukrainian folk song, Yakiasyano Hrabala, When I Was Stuking Hay. Let me a little bit 
kusilo, len mňa hličko kusilo, kusilo. Len mňa hličko kusilo, len mňa hličko kusilo, len mňa hličko kusilo, kusilo. Stávam hličko terty rozteráty, stávam hličko terty rozteráty. Už na hličku neznatý, už na hličku neznatý, už na hličku neznatý, neznatý. Juž na ličku neznatý, juž na ličku neznatý, juž na ličku neznatý, neznatý. Juž na ličku neznatý, juž na ličku neznatý, juž na ličku neznatý, neznatý. Juž na ličku neznatý, juž na ličku neznatý, juž na ličku neznatý, neznatý. Ukrainian food flair with Sylvia Molnar. Tips for Ukrainian cooking. Hello. Have you eaten any apple cake lately? I mean Ukrainian apple cake. If you haven't, you'll want to soon. So get your pens as I'll be giving you a great recipe. Ukrainians are known to be great sweet eaters. There is no Ukrainian dinner without desserts. The fruits most often used are apples, plums, pears, and apricots. The most berries are cherries, currants, strawberries, wild strawberries, and raspberries, and they are often used in combination with honey and nuts. Last year, I was traveling in western Ukraine. In late August, the time of my birthday, I was in the Hutsal area of the Carpathian Mountains. The chef at the hotel I was staying at prepared a beautiful Ukrainian apple cake for my birthday party dinner. It was exquisite. I was so touched. It was the ultimate gift which arrived with huge flares, hutzel songs, and dances, and of course, flowers. One day, I will tell you how the chef got the apples for his creation, and I will also tell you one day where I planted the apple seeds from the apples he used for my birthday cake. You'll need to sift one and a half cups flour with a quarter cup sugar and a quarter teaspoon salt and two teaspoons baking powder. Now cut in a third cup butter until the mixture is crumbly. Beat one egg and combine with half a cup cream and stir this into the flour mixture. Mix lightly, handling the dough as little as possible. Pat it into a buttered 8 by 9 baking pan or facsimile. Pare four apples and slice into very thin slices and spread them over the dough. Sprinkle with a mixture of some sugar and cinnamon and dot with some butter. Bake at 350 degrees for about 25 minutes. This pastry base can be used with pitted cherries, plums, sliced peaches, or pear. Enjoy your apple cake and let us know how you liked it. If you have any apple recipes or apple stories, we'd like to hear from you. Take care. Until next time, bake apple cake. This has been Ukrainian Food Flare from the Nasholos Audio Archives.
Вислухайте радіопрограму Наш голос Радіо Українського Коріння, котра подається вам на хвилі CHLY 1017 FM у місті Нанаймо. Говорить Павліна. You're listening to Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio broadcasting live at CHLY 101.7 FM in beautiful downtown Nanaimo. I'm your host Pavlina. Edmonton, Alberta. That was a group called Millennia from their first CD, and that was called Zhichia, which translates as life. And that was Josie's song, and that was an original composition by one of the group's members about his aunt. 
And coming up next is a Winnipeg group. They are called High Profile, and they have also been around quite a while. They are pretty much as prolific as any group you'll find um, on the polka scene in on the prairies. And this is a tune from their most recent CD, Tribute to Ukrainian Heritage. It is the Waltz of the Widow. Jewish Heritage is a bi-weekly series sponsored by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter based in Toronto, featuring stories of Ukrainians and Jews working together in solidarity and harmony to restore and strengthen centuries-old bonds and affinities nearly destroyed by hostile outside forces in the bloody 20th century and even today. Tune in next week for another episode of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage brought to you by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter here on Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. Я йду 
на війноньку нашу землю захищати. Не плачте за мною, якщо полі згину. Це вітам за любоненьку нашу Україну. Єдинаємося, браття. Ukrainian group that has a bilingual name, Shablya Life. And Shablya is the Ukrainian word for it. It's a knife, um, one that's used in battle, a lethal knife, uh, like a saber or something like that. Again, that was Shablya Life with Bratya Ukrainsi, Ukrainian Brothers. Vyslouchejte Radio Peridaču náš holos Radio Krínského Koríně, která podjezdila na chvíli CHLY, a den 0 a FM umístí Nenaimo. Při mikrofoní Pavlína. You're listening to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio, broadcasting live at CHLY 101.7 FM in beautiful downtown Nenaimo. I'm your host, Pavlina.
Coming up next is uh, an encore presentation of an interview we did with a Los Angeles uh, war correspondent, a Los Angeles Times, rather, war correspondent, Sergei Loiko. It is about um, his novel that he's written uh, based on his experiences experiencing what happened at the attack on the Donetsk airport. And I thought that I would uh, repeat that um, interview because it was just so powerful and it still speaks to what's going on in Ukraine today. There was a ceasefire, another ceasefire agreement that was signed on paper and has been blatantly violated ever since. Uh, Probably didn't even stop for a second. Um, And uh, there's just still terrible loss of life in Ukraine. The mainstream media is not reporting on it. But um, I decided not to today simply because I I think it's more of the same. And we need to think about what is happening, what has been happening. And to me, this interview with Sergei Loiko um, certainly is thought-provoking. Sergei Loiko has been a correspondent for the Los Angeles Times since 1991. Born in Finland and based in Moscow, he has covered the wars in Chechnya, Tajikistan, Georgia, Nagorno-Karabakh, Afghanistan, and Iraq. He reported from Ukraine from the beginning of Maidan in November 2013 to the Battle of Debaltseve in Donetsk in February of 2015. He is the only international reporter to have spent four full days at the height of the battle for the Donetsk airport in October 2014. On Tuesday, January 19, 2016, Sergei Loiko gave a visual presentation in Ottawa based on his Ukrainian-language novel Eroport, published in 2015, about the battle for the Donetsk airport in eastern Ukraine. He joined us by telephone the next day from Toronto. Here again is that interview. Sergey, welcome. Yes, how are you doing? I am doing well, thank you, and uh, we're delighted to have you here on the program to tell us all about your book and your experiences covering the war in Ukraine. So my first question to you is, how did you end up in Ukraine? Um, I mean, you've covered your war correspondent, so that's kind of a given, but... With the um, lack of interest, shall we say, in Ukraine, in the mainstream media, all of a sudden um, Ukraine was in the news. And how is it that that you ended up in Ukraine rather than, say, the Middle East? Well, I work in Moscow and okay. uh, tensions, <laughs> tensions were building at the time when uh, hundreds of Ukrainian protesters gathered in Maidan Square in the middle of the city. And they protested against the government of corrupt President Viktor Yanukovych. And at some point, it uh, looked as if the protests were subsiding. But uh, there was a moment on uh, November the 30th when uh, uh, armed to the teeth uh, with clubs and shields, our uh, riot police squads attacked armless uh, students. And there were like 50 or 60 of them there, and they mm-hmm. uh, beat them real hard, they arrested them, and the next day uh, the entire city and half Ukraine were in Kiev, and uh, I saw the biggest 
Uh, rarely I've ever seen in my life. There were uh, hmm. at least one million people, and that's uh, how it all began. And basically, after that, I almost uh, never left Ukraine uh, until until the the hot stage of the war between Russia and Ukraine was over. You were in Donetsk, uh, or Debaltseva, I guess, and, and you covered the Donetsk airport battles. That must have been terrifying. Yeah, that was quite an experience. Uh, you must understand that a group, a small group of Ukrainian soldiers and ragtag volunteers surrounded by far superior forces made up of uh, Russian mercenaries, local rebels and separatists armed to the chest by Russia, and even Russian regular troops were besieging mm -hmm. the airport for 242 long days and nights, longer than the Stalingrad battle. Wow. And uh, the airport was not... A anything but not a fortress. You fly from airports and land at airports several times a month, and those are beautiful buildings mm -hmm. made largely of glass and metal railings and some concrete. But but what I saw there was, was just amazing picture of, of the tarmac, covered with shattered glass, uh, twisted metal bars and railings, and uh, some concrete and all, and uh, a small group of uh, Ukrainian soldiers bravely and selflessly defending the what cannot be defended for days and nights on end. They didn't sleep, they didn't eat properly, because there was not a cubic centimeter of space of air there which could protect you from oh. bullets and they were constantly under a rain of bullets and, and rounds and missiles and mortars. And they never eat properly. They never drank properly. They were ill-supplied, but they still resisted. And once I asked one of the defendants, what the hell are you, are you fighting here? What are you defending? Don't you see that you are just defending plain air? And he said, yeah. We're defending our air of freedom. Wow. And for this perseverance, for this bravery, for this selfless heroism, even their enemies call them cyborgs. Yes. Yeah. When did you leave the area? Uh, I was there for, or actually I was planning to leave earlier, but uh, the armored vehicles which were supposed to um, replace the personnel and bring some supplies and ammo, uh, all of them were burned down and I stayed in the airport for four days. And uh, every every day I witnessed some totally heroic act and some people may say that it was complete madness but uh, at some point a Ukrainian tank uh, which um, uh, was sent there to offer some firepower support to the defenders it was burnt down and three tank men they jumped out of the crew of the tank and they were shot down by the rebels and by the Russians and they were dead and uh, a 
at dusk, the defenders of the airport, they crawled out onto the tarmac and they brought back two bodies. They couldn't find the third body because it was um, blown into pieces mm. by a direct heat during a mortar attack. And the next day, the commander of the tank troops stationed nearby called the commander of the airport garrison and said, look, we need to send the boy home for a proper burial. And he was told, look, he's, he's disintegrated. Uh, there's nothing left of him. And he said, why don't you just find something we could send back home oh. to his family? And they they sent a reconnaissance unit out onto the tarmac, oh, which was right. shot through in the crossfire from all sides. And they found a, a charred, dark and uh, black and and smoked piece of uh, of the tank man's thigh. And they oh. uh, came back and said they found something. And then the commander held a little meeting of all those who could stand up and hold arms and he said look i cannot give you this order you don't know this man you've never seen him you don't know where he lives where he comes from he came here to help us but he died and now we need to send him home for a proper burial so but uh, it's something i cannot order are there any volunteers to go out on the tarmac and risk your lives for a piece of flesh of a soldier you personally don't know and everybody raised their hands <gasps> and when uh, a, a very very severe battle began in the in the height of the battle two young men jumped out the windows of the airport and they raced armless to the point where the these charred remains were found and they found an empty box from a grenade launcher and put the this piece of uh, flesh into the box and they tied it with a piece of wire to the railings of um, of an armored vehicle which arrived to bring some supplies and off the the guy of what was left of it went home to his family and some some unthinkable things like that happened almost on a daily basis there because the whole situation was crazy. The whole place looked totally surreal. It was so craftily destroyed, and the boarding sleeves of the airport looked like uh, skeletons of dinosaurs. And at some point, it looked as if it was a film set. It cannot be for real. And any minute, Steven Spielberg or, or Ridley Scott would come out and say, cut. Oh, and they were, would yeah. all go home. But nothing like that happened. And uh, the soldiers defending the airport, they looked the same. They lo looked surreal. They were very dirty. They never had enough water. They never washed themselves. And one commander said to me, in the airport, you don't wash yourself, you scratch. Oh. Those who are lazy enough, they try to wash themselves. And um, they look dark and black with uh, soot and smoke. And, and their eyes were wild with adrenaline and with chronic lack of sleep. And like, uh, like samurai, they... Uh, were already 
kind of half dead. They were ready to die. They didn't care anymore. And the amazing thing is that in Pesky and in some other places around the airport, there were hundreds and thousands of Ukrainian soldiers and volunteers who were lining up to go to the airport because they knew that was the main battle of the war. And it was not a real army. Putin's men were fighting at the airport because when they confronted the the real Ukrainian army, weakened and and inexperienced, they defeated it at many locations. Mm-hmm. But here they came across something they didn't expect. They were confronted by cyborgs, and those cyborgs were living people. They were from Maidan. It's uh, what happened was that it was not the army. It was Maidan resistance, Maidan people, Maidan survivors who took weapons in their hands and moved to the airports. It was so very symbolic. And uh, that was the end of the hot stage of the war because uh, the Russian losses were so huge that Putin realized that he can defeat the army units, he can defeat even the whole Ukrainian army, but he cannot defeat the spirit of freedom of the Ukrainian people, which was so vivid and afloat in in the airport. And yes, in the end, the airport fell. It collapsed on the heads of its defenders. Some of them were in prison, some of them died. But It was a Pyrrhic victory for Russia, and it it became a Kosovo field for Ukraine. I'm sure that will go down in the history books as a great feat, a great deed of Ukrainian warriors to protect their independence, to protect their motherland's freedom, and to protect Ukraine's aspirations. I hear a lot of pain in your voice. Um, you've seen so much. Um, I'm in pain myself just listening to your stories, and you were actually there. You've written a book called Aeroport. Yes. And was this a cathartic thing for you? Did this did this help to to deal with that? Well, it's a novel. I've spoken out as a reporter, and I've written dozens of stories. I was awarded with uh, most prestigious uh, prizes uh, for my coverage of Ukraine war, including uh, OPC Bob Considine Award. But I felt, uh, as a a journalist, you're limited Mm -hmm. to the format of journalism no matter whether you are a photographer or a writer. And I'm both of uh, At the airport, I was in, in both qualities. And I felt a lot inside me which was bursting out like an alien. And, and I just... Uh, sometimes they say you should write when you cannot help it. Hmm. And I couldn't help it anymore. And the novel was burning my chest through and finally it got out and uh, within a month I wrote it why novel why not uh, documentary mm-hmm. um, 
because uh, I knew only about 50 uh, uh, warriors, cyborgs, who fought at the airport and elsewhere. But there were hundreds of them replacing one another. Hmm. And I didn't want to offend anybody. Hmm. So my, my, my novel is based on my own recollections, my old recordings, and on what I filled my notebook with. And also on 43 hours of recorded interviews with the defenders of the airport who stayed there to the last second and survived. And the book is not only about the airport. Only every other chapter is devoted to the last five days of the airport siege. But chapters in between, they tell you through the eyes of a photographer who is the main character in the story. They tell you the whole history of Ukrainian revolution and conflict. It's Maidan, the carnage at Maidan, at the hands of unknown secret snipers on February the 20th, then the annexation of Crimea, then Russian invasion and the capture of Slovyansk, then uh, the treacherous encirclement of Ukrainian troops at Ilovaisk, and courageous defense of Pesky. And there's, the entire war is in that novel. You know, there was a moment when I took a picture of a machine gunner fighting in Pesky, defending his position, and he had this very old 1940s machine gun, and uh, his hand was bandaged, and he looked like a, like an American soldier from Vietnam Chronicles, mm-hmm. lying there on a blanket made up of, of shot rounds, Uh, used rounds. And when my story was published a few days later, the editor said, this is an iconic photo, and he placed it on top of the story. And I was so happy, and I called the commander of the unit and said, look, your guy will be leading the story and the paper tomorrow. He said, no, he will not be leading anything. He's dead. And I made a stupid mistake. I I posted another photograph of this soldier on my Facebook page and said Ivan Kuryata, that was his name, died yesterday defending Ukraine. And there were lots of comments, glory to the heroes, and blah, blah, blah. And finally, there was one comment that stood out. It was, like, very, very... Uh, strong and very passionate. It ran like no, like N and uh, 10 or 15 O's. No, I don't believe. And I, I, I saw that this note was written by his wife. Oh. So basically she found out about her husband's death oh. from my uh, Facebook post. And for a long time, I felt as if I was personally responsible for this oh, heroic man's death. Oh. And there's there's lots of stories like that in the book, and I strongly advise you to read it. It came out both in Russian and in Ukrainian in September, and it was my condition that it should be published simultaneously in both languages. And uh, English translation is in the works, and it will come out in English in, in July. And the Poles publishing it uh, in February, and the Dutch, and Estonians, and uh, Czechs, and Georgians. 
and even two Hollywood companies, Columbia Pictures and Sony, they were desperately trying to buy the rights mm -hmm. for four of my stories, Los Angeles Times stories, mm -hmm. and uh, they wanted exclusive rights to the names and to the characters of some characters and to the situations surrounding them. That would effectively mean that I would have no no right to use my characters anywhere else. And I said, no, the book came out, and I don't want some Californian guy sitting at home comfortably and sipping wine and, and writing something he makes up uh, based on real characters, based on the names of real cyborgs, and based on real circumstances. So I said, why don't you take my book as a plot. And uh, I just threw away $150,000. Maybe I'm an idiot, but I want, if there's ever a movie about uh, this heroic battle, it should be told as a true story, uh, the way my book is. It's a novel based on true facts. It's a true story I witnessed with my own eyes. Sergey, thank you so much for telling us um, your story, telling us about your book. Now, the English language version will be entitled Airport 2015 as well? Yeah, it will be called Airport, and uh, we expect it to come out before the 1st of July. Excellent. Okay. Well, thank you so much for uh, coming on the show, for telling us about this, for writing the book, and for sharing your incredible stories. All the best to you. Thanks And again. the best to you. It was nice talking to you. Thank you so much, Sergei. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Take care. And we were speaking with Sergei Loiko, um, war correspondent for the Los Angeles Times, about his book called Airport. Vyslouchejte radio Peredaču Náš holos radio Ukrajinského Koríně na chvíli CHLY o den zero o den sím FM umístí nenajmo. Při mikrofoni Pavlina. This is Náš holos Ukrainian Roots Radio coming to you live on CHLY 101.7 FM in Nanaimo. I'm your host Pavlina. Шапку Ай, знялася на рашу рабура, Ей, вона того комарика з дуба здула, Вона того комарика з дуба здула. Ай, упав наш комар на помосі, Поломав москалям ребра й 
коси, поломало москаля меребра и коси, поховали москаля край дороги, видно руки, видно ноги, видно роги, видно руки, видно ноги, видно роги. Ховали москаля, як собаку, видно руки, видно ноги, видно пухо, видно руки, видно ноги, видно пухо. Поховали москаля у куфайці, а у того москаля видно палеці, а у того москаля видно палеці. Сталін хрест нап'яв, взяв кадильницю. Ходить, бродить до упа по кропильницю, ходить, бродить до упа по кропильницю. Ах, кропильниця, ти моя ладная, скорострільная, самозарядная, скорострільная, самозарядная. And a song by Ukrainian soldiers in the ATO, Anti-Terrorist Operations Zone, um, about the enemy that they're fighting, a very um, bitter and unflattering um, portrayal of their neighbor to the north, which is waging war on Ukraine. That was uh, the just simply soldiers from the ATO zone with a song that is called Pokovale Moskvalya Krai Drohe. And coming up next is uh, an instrumental rendition of the tune that won the Eurovision Song Contest uh, earlier this year in May uh, by Jamala, who is a Crimean Tatar, and the song was about the um, Crimean genocide um, in, during the 1940s perpetrated by Stalin on the Crimean Tatar people. Here is the instrumental version performed by Yaroslav Jus and Valentin Moroz. Happening this week in Central Vancouver Island's Ukrainian community. 
This Friday, enjoy a pierogi supper at St. Mary's Ukrainian Orthodox Parish in Parksville. Get your fill of pierogies, kubasa, and great Ukrainian hospitality. Doors are open from 5 to 7 p.m. Father Chad Pavlishin and the parishioners of St. Mary's Ukrainian Orthodox Church in Parksville invite you to join them for services Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. As well, every Sunday from noon till 1 p.m., you can stock up on homemade pierogies and pies. St. Mary's Ukrainian Orthodox Church is located in Parksville at 594 Carl's Way. For more information, visit them online at vanisleparochial.ca. Father Theo Machinsky and the parishioners of St. Michael's Ukrainian Catholic Church invite you to Divine Liturgy every Saturday at 11 a.m. and Sunday at 6 p.m. St. Michael's Ukrainian Catholic Church is located at 4017 Victoria Avenue in Nanaimo, just off Norwell Drive. For rentals, parochial sales, and more information, call 250-758-4714. The Visna Ukrainian Dancers rehearse every Tuesday evening from September to June with classes for preschool through to adults. That's at St. Michael's Ukrainian Catholic Parish Hall, 4017 Victoria Avenue in Nanaimo. For more information, visit their Facebook page or email visnadancers at gmail.com. On Saturdays at 6 p.m., tune in to the Vancouver edition of Nosh Holos on AM1320 and online at am1320.com. As well, the international edition airs on AMFM and shortwave radio in over 20 countries on the PCJ radio network. You can get podcast links at the Nosh Holos website. And here in Nanaimo, Nosh Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio broadcasts live every Wednesday to the north and central Vancouver Island, Gulf Island, Sunshine Coast, northwest Washington State, and greater Vancouver listening areas. So at 11 a.m. every Wednesday, please join me, Pavlina and Oksana at 12 for the best in Ukrainian news, folklore, and music here on CHLY. Radio Malaspino, 101.7 FM on the radio dial and streaming online at chly.ca. In between broadcasts, make sure to follow Nasholos and me and Oksana on Facebook and Twitter and for audio archives, transcripts, podcast feeds, and more, visit our website at www.nasholos.com. <laughs>
Winnipeg, Manitoba. That was Prairie Crocus from their CD, Back Up and Push, and the Highland Shotis. And our proverb of the week translates as, He who has no conscience knows not truth. And that brings us to the end of the first hour of Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio here on CHLY 101.7 FM in Nanaimo. Please stay with us as Oksana takes over the microphone to host the next hour. Meanwhile, please join me here again next Wednesday at 11 a.m. And until then, do stay in touch with Oksana and me on Facebook and Twitter. Like our Facebook page and check out the Nasholos website where you can get the podcast, a link to our blog, and other information about the show, www.nasholos.com. So, stay tuned next for Nash Holos Ukrainian Hour with Oksana, followed by World Beat Canada with Vancouver's Cal Coat, and at 2 p.m. Jukebox Oldies with our own Bobby B. Cool. I'm Pavlina. Thanks so much for listening. Dozusrichi. Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.